Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and joining me on today's episode is going to be the front man from Frice, Dustin Kensrew. Yes, I'm absolutely thrilled because this is a guest that I've been trying for for some time and he's here today and joining me on today's episode. So you could say I'm quite excited to say the least. Frice for me are probably my favourite band of all time. A band that I've listened to more than anyone else. They've just released a brand new album called Palms. And the thing I like about Frice, they never just stick with the same sound. Each album you get, you get new, different ways, different sounds. And they're always wanting to progress as musicians. And the songs are just absolutely mind-blowing. And Palms has not changed. The brand new album is fantastic and easily my album of the year. I urge you now, when you're listening to this, to stop and go and listen to it. Because it's absolutely unbelievable. And you will not regret it. And if it's the first time you've heard about Frice, wow, you're lucky. Because now you can delve into their whole back cat. And just start from the beginning because they evolve and they get better and better. And the cycle that they'll take you on in the journey is just unbelievable. You will not regret it. And if you do... I don't know, you're probably dead inside. But trust me, Frice are someone that you can't ignore. I'm absolutely thrilled that Dustin's joining me today. But just before we get into today's episode, what I do want to do is talk about the last episode. So on episode 40, I was joined by Ethan Suppley. A great actor, such a nice person. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen. The response was absolutely phenomenal online. I had so many tweets, Facebook comments, Instagram comments, so many emails coming through of people saying how much they enjoyed him and just how much they forgot he was in. And it was so nice for him to come on the episode. He was a great guy and I really hope we can get him back for some more in the near future because he had a great time. I've been speaking to him since and he really enjoyed the episode and all the response that came through. So thanks from me and Ethan. So back into today's episode, I'm joined by the front man from Thrice, Dustin. So let's get to the interview now and I hope you all enjoy. So thank you for joining me today Dustin on the Mark and Me podcast. Yeah thanks for having me. I want to kind of go right back to the start um, when you were a kid and you were growing up and I want to know what inspired you to want to actually just pick up a guitar and start playing. I grew up listening to a bunch of you know my parents records, uh, a bunch of you know, Beatles and Stones, Led Zeppelin. I liked Michael Jackson a lot. <laughs> I don't know how it does go together, but I, like those were things that were like really impactful when I was super young to me musically. Um, I don't know. I remember wanting to play guitar. I remember I don't know how old I was, but I pride myself on playing very good air guitar, like fake guitar, or whatever. Like it just seemed really fun and expressive. Uh, I wanted to play, but my mom made me a uh, piano first, third grade, I think, and uh, so I took a little piano. And started playing guitar in junior high, the class at school or whatever. Um, but mostly just trying to pick up the bits and pieces of songs that I like. So there you are, you're playing your guitar in your mirror. You're kind of wanting to be probably in a band, I'm sure, and you know, try and be like some of your idols that you've been listening to. Can you remember that kind of experience of going to one of your first gigs and seeing it in front of you thinking... Man, I really want to do this. This is what I'm. This is what I want to do. I want to hold the guitar in front of hundreds and thousands of people and just play. I always wanted to play, but then I didn't really think that I could, you know, actually like do that for 
uh, you know, in any major sense. Um, and I think that was most inspiring to me was in high school, I was a, you know, first year in high school and this kid who was a senior, who was a friend, had a band and was, you know, playing shows around and putting out a, an EP and um, just seeing them kind of do it on the ground level was really inspiring to me and, and made me think, oh, I, I could do that at least, you know, a, a little something. And that's kind of what happened is just, you know, with the band is just a bunch of little steps, you know, one at a time and it just kept progressing. Yeah, from the start it was never like, oh yeah, we're going to be this huge band or anything. That didn't really seem possible. Vice have obviously gone through so much over the years. Like, I can't believe you've been together like 20 years. It's just flown by. You started off in this kind of small band where I remember putting on MTV and there's always playing All That's Left. And you've then gone and done stuff like the Alchemy Index. You've gone on hiatus but come back stronger. Have you got a different mindset now where your goals have changed over the kind of 10-year period to now the 20-year period? Or are you still in the same kind of mindset with that same hunger? I mean, I think the mindset is pretty similar, which is to say that we don't have, you know, some master plan of what we're trying to accomplish. So we're really would love making music. And then, I mean, I think it's the act of creation that is what really spurs us forward. Um, I mean, we love playing shows, and it's kind of the you know, culmination of that creative process. But uh, I don't think I could just tour and play music without without creating new stuff. So for us, it's really, you know, that, that drive to create something new and then the cycle of, you know, getting out there and sharing it with people and then getting excited to go and, and create something again. So, I don't know, we take the opportunities to come and are really trying to do that in a way that's for our family at this point. Um, but uh, it's so unpredictable that, I don't know, for us, we've, we've every time we think we know it's going to happen or which way things are going to fall, it totally surprises us, either in a good or a bad way. And so I think we, we gave up trying to figure out a while ago. When I um, first got my hands on the Alchemy Index, I thought this is absolutely wild for this band to do something like this. It's You were operating on a completely different level to most of the bands on the scene at the time. You know, if you look at the bands that you were playing with on the Warp Tour, you, you just went off in your own direction and created sounds that were just unbelievable i mean was it quite different to break out and not be so associated with that scene and do what you wanted to do and have whole new kind of genres brought into your kind of music writing yeah i think it was really it was a really helpful project for us to do um i mean visio was already trying to do that um with artists and animals we felt like we'd been kind of rushed because we had this tour we had to yeah, too, and so we had to finish the record, and it just didn't feel like we had the time to really do what we wanted to do. Um, so we were really sure that we could do that with Vistu, and then, I don't know, kind of inspired us to keep going. I mean, Alchemy Index was initially going to be almost like a little side project, and as we started working on it, it, it became clear that it was something bigger than that. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a blast to do, and it was... It, for us, it was helpful to get a lot out of our systems in the sense of we love all this different kind of music, but we're, you know, a rock band or whatever you want to call us at whatever point. But it was a chance to kind of, instead of be pulling everything into the center, uh, letting it really break apart and uh, explode outward. 
I don't know. Each each record has its own kind of things that we take away that we, we feel like we learned from it. But that was definitely uh, a huge thing to to do that project. And it was big. I mean, it was twenty four songs um, total, and recording that all together was super intense. But we did it all ourselves, uh, which took some of the edge off, I think. Let's talk about your new record. So obviously you've just had a change in record label, uh, signing to Epitaph after many, many years with Vagrant Records. Um, I've been lucky enough to hear Palms already, and it's absolutely astonishing. Like I think right now it's probably my favourite work by you. It might just be because it's so fresh, but it's got that elements of classic thrice, but you've gone on and done new things. I mean, the opening track, Only Us, is kind of sounding industrial and... I'm hearing stuff like it could be on a John Carpenter soundtrack at the start. I heard this kind of Stranger Things vibe with the Simpsons and stuff. It's it's going to blow people's minds, this album. It's it's the next level. I mean, you must be thrilled. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. I mean, it's, it's, we're in that weird limbo where, you know, we made, made this record, spent all this time on it, and then you're waiting for people to hear it. Um, and it's always a really weird feeling a weird period it's almost like you almost feel like you you didn't really make the record like no one you haven't been able to share it with people and uh, and then so when it comes out it's really exciting because you've had some space from it and now you're kind of re-experiencing with people and yeah so i'm I'm can't wait for people to hear the whole thing i think it's your most kind of expansive work to date The, the songs don't sound as polished they sound like there's this more kind of the right emotion and i can feel more of a performance when i'm listening to it so it kind of connects to me in a, like a different level. Um, is that something you went for instead of trying to just get this overproduced, polished record? Um, I think a lot of that might have to do with, well, maybe two different factors. One, we worked with uh, Eric Palmquist, who worked on the, the last record. Um, we worked with him again, but we took some of the duties and broke them up. So uh, Eric recorded the drums and the vocals and also kind of, did pre-production and kind of overall oversight, but then we recorded all the uh, instruments ourselves, uh, and then we had um, someone else mix it as well. So the mix has a huge part of why I think it feels uh, a bit more raw, and um, a lot of that might have to do with even the way he mixed the vocals. They're very dry in a lot of the record, which as a vocalist, kind of terrifying as we started getting mixes because you're always you know wanting this reverb or delay to kind of smooth out whatever imperfections are there but um he really was pushing for this this drier sound so it's a bit more intimate and more um i don't know immediate sounding uh and each each mix we would get back would be like uh what is happening here and just it would be such a different direction than we initially you know imagined um and as listen the second third time he'd be like oh okay i see what he's doing here i mean he was just coming with a fresh perspective and you know so something that you know you're like oh well this part needs to be heard too you'd start realizing like this doesn't need to be the star here like this other line here that really is is what needs to come out um so that was cool it's it's interesting to work with uh someone like that like you can either have someone mix the record and, and kind of tell them exactly what you want to happen and uh, almost like an employee kind of but then I think when you're letting them have their own way a bit it's more like a, almost like a collaboration with another artist 
Um, so that's definitely how this mix went. Picking up on uh, what you just said about the vocals being very dry, that's the first thing I noticed. There's not much delay or reverb on them, but it's that must be really scary for you because it's the most exposed you've been. Did you feel under more pressure, like recording your takes, or did you just go with it? Well, I didn't know <laughs> that it was going to be uh, mixed that way. So yeah, uh, no, it didn't didn't freak me out recording it. But um, you know, definitely when you get to like, oh, it's getting mixed this way, and you start wondering uh, if you get it right. Um, I think it's it's great. It, just, it definitely took me a, a second to get used to it. But I think me more than anyone else, just because uh, it does feel exposed and kind of vulnerable. I mean, at the moment, it's very fresh. I've listened to all 10 tracks, and every day my favourite changes, but Just Breathe I was listening to today, and I think the harmonies from Emma Ruth Rundle are just outstanding. She's absolutely awesome. How did you actually get kind of together working with her? Um, we've been aware of her for a couple of years. Um, I can't remember how I heard about her, um, but so when we were thinking about, I mean, we were really late in the recording when the idea to have someone sing on there came up. I was singing that song, it was one of the last songs to finish, and I was realizing, like, it would really help if there was another actual voice in here to help distinguish the, kind of the two character voices in the song, almost. And we had a very short list of, of people that we were hoping might be able to do it, and uh, she happened to be home at the time. I was able to you know, bust it out in like a day with her, her uh, producer friend. So, uh, yeah, it came in, you know, right under the wire and turned out fantastic. Another song that, you know, like I said, they're changing all the time, but The Dark, that ending with all those different thousands of voices that was recorded, I believe, was it over smartphones and computers. Um, can you elaborate on how that came about? Because that idea is crazy. And then when I actually heard it on the record, it works and it sounds like you've got them all in a studio with you. Yeah, I mean, I had the idea because I, it felt like the song is written to kind of be um, almost like a hook or an anchor for a bunch of people's stories to be able to grab onto and share. And um, I wanted to let people in that, you know, in a more you know, real way and let them sing on it as well. But it seemed too small to have it be just, okay, whoever's in Southern California or whatever, come down. Um, I wanted it to be more inclusive, you know, geographically and just anyone who wanted to get on there could. So I had the idea to let people send their own recordings in. And in my head, it seemed like, logistically, I can figure out how to make this work. I just didn't know how to sound. And I talked to uh, Eric about it, and he was like, yeah, I think, I think it'll be great. So we put it out there, and surprising, like, you would never would never know that uh, it was recorded all these separate places all over the place. Um, that sounds great, though. I mean, we're glad we had uh, Eric had to turn at the time. It took a while to compile it all, but... Uh, yeah, every single person who submitted was uh, we were able to get them in there. So that must be awesome for a fan to say I'm on that record. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I hope so. I I, I would have been been stoked if I got this thing on you know a band that I loved to record. My favorite track is Beyond the Pines. It's a song that I shared with someone very close to me recently. We just sat listen to the song and we didn't say one word to each other we were just kind of taken in that zone listening and I was like 
I've never heard your vocals so clear and speaking to me and I just think that to close that album is probably your strongest closing to any album you've done I think it's on another level are you you must be really proud of that song and the the, the, the everything about it it really is just an absolute masterpiece of a song yeah thanks man um, yeah that's my favorite track on there too um, I think every song's different um, especially like lyrically like each song kind of presents itself differently in what you can do with it and have it feel right and natural. Um, I think in the older stuff, I used to try to force certain things to, I don't know, be more like more intricate than the song wanted them to be, lyrically maybe, and it felt a little stiff at times. Um, but this is one of those songs where it really just invited me to crafted very very carefully lyrically um, and I'm really pleased with how that came out and then the production in general is great on it yeah I, I think the dry vocals on the song are especially at the end um, he left it like just bone dry um, it's very impactful it's one where it, it started with just a, a demo of me playing that main kind of verse on baritone and just singing kind of nonsense trying to figure it out I had like a 13 minute file or something of me just messing around with it but there was something about it that I could tell was special or at least I thought was and then I shared it with the guys and you know you're always wondering when you share the idea like is anyone else going to see what I'm seeing here um, do I need to go back and try to work it out more and uh, from the beginning it seemed like everyone everyone saw that same spark that I saw which was cool the album has so many layers. I've listened to it for about three or four days on repeat, and every time I kind of listen, you hear and notice something else. Obviously, with your very early, more thrashy songs, you wouldn't have got that. But now, is that something you take into consideration when writing, or is it more of just a, a production thing that you're thinking, well, actually, let's get more instruments, let's get a piano, let's get some strings, let's get some synths, or is it just a, a case of your writing knowing how you've progressed as a songwriter and... You know, you, you've got more intricate with your your writing ability. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what's going on at the time. Like, like when we recorded Beggars, it was right after the Alchemy Index, and so we had just spent you know a super long time recording this really intricate layered kind of thing. As kind of a reaction to that, we recorded something that was as stripped as it could be. So anytime. You know, there's a guitar going. It's just one track for that guitar, and there's no layering at all. Like it's only what four people can play, and um, and even all the tones are a bit dialed back. And so that was, you know, what we did on that record. But we go back and forth on, you know, what kind of stuff we want to include or how much we want to differ between what's on the record and what we're going to end up doing live. And I think this is the first time since maybe V2 where it's been a bit more like yeah just do whatever and we'll figure it out later you know how that's going to be live you know so whatever tone or whatever instrument there's something cool about seeing a band live and, and seeing them play a song it doesn't sound exactly like the record it, you know maybe playing something on a different instrument or whatever but it's still the same band and the same spirit of that song and uh, it's cool to hear it in a different context so that's a bit of the way we approach this one and then you know, as far as like choosing what instruments 
and in certain songs it's definitely a kind of a, a part of the recording process where you're feeling out what's going to make sense um, and trying things and scrapping things uh, for instance like uh, everything belongs um, we weren't quite sure that you know kind of looping piano part what was going to be the right tone for that and then uh, in the studio we were recording at it was a really crappy out of tune piano squeaking a bunch when you hit the pedal and it, it just had a lot of character and with the song being this kind of looping almost kind of electronic feeling in a certain way song we wanted that anchor point of the song to be something very viscerally real and uh, physical feeling um, and then I don't know so, I mean that's just an example of one of the things where you're trying to weigh what the tone is going to do. Um, so I, I think it gives it a very different feel than if it had this really polished sounding piano on it. I think it would feel, a, it would have the potential to feel cheesy even because the song is so like uplifting and I don't know, you've got to, you've got to balance things out. So it's not an exact science. With, with all those different kind of sounds and tones on the album, was there any kind of bands or musicians that influenced this specific album? Have you been listening to something that's kind of, you know, made you want to be more creative? Or is it just a case of what you guys are doing as a band? Or is there something that's influencing you? Um, I mean, there's always things influencing. I, I don't think there's, there's, you know, one or two specific bands that would show up more, I think. But it's, it's more like as you're trying to get certain places you know, trying different approaches, and, and I think you get hints of that there. Like, um, My Soul comes to mind, where you know, we had the song that started with this really quiet acoustic demo from Ed, and then I built something up just to, like, try to get it going, and knew it was a really crappy approach, but <laughs> wanted someone else to take it and move it somewhere else, so uh, Pepe took it and kind of took it pretty close to where it is now and um, I think was kind of channeling some you know grizzly bear beach house kind of vibes um, so th there's little pieces like that where it's like okay I've got this thing but what how do I want to picture it and you know so you're kind of feeling around or digging through your you know, drawer or whatever trying to find the right tool to use um, yeah that's, that's definitely the, like, the best example I can find on on this one. Everyone keeps referencing the whole Stranger Things, whatever with only us. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a super conscious decision as far as like trying to relate it to any other music or era. I just was messing around with the keyboard and found that tone and got a arpeggio going on it. It just felt exciting and uh, started singing that, that melody over it. It's got like this nice 80s vibe. It's got that, like I said, John Carpenter sort of feel. You can imagine it being in a movie. It really does work. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. I mean, it's, it's a different kind of sound than we've done. And that's one of those things where, you know, you, you have the demo and then you're trying to figure out, like, okay, there's something cool here. Do we keep going this direction or do we take it somewhere else? And that was one that I really wanted to keep. I just felt like, yeah, this is this is fun and it works. You describe Fryce as having a kind of 
democratic songwriting process uh, and I find it fascinating how you keep doing it again and again. You've been in the same lineup for 20 years now and I think that's really rare. Look at fucking Guns N' Roses for Christ's sake. What's your secret? Because you've come back stronger each time you've gone on hiatus. Do you think that's what it is? That it gives you a chance to breathe and reflect and do your family stuff and then come back and have fresh kind of focus instead of always being driven to carry on and tour and record or not many bands I don't think can say they've done 20 years as an original lineup. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it really feels, you know, more like a family than anything else at this point. And I think once you're in that mindset that your family is your family, uh, and that doesn't, it doesn't change in a sense. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not, always easy um i think the most tension that comes now is just from that creative tension which is you know hard but usually a good thing and i think it's, it's pretty healthy at this point you know in the past uh, part of the reason for this was just we had just been going straight for you know whatever 13 14 years at that point you know without a chance to breathe or reflect and as hard as it was i think for everyone in different ways it was very very that must feel great with a new album coming out so many tour dates you must be like <laughs> i just keep seeing pages and pages of tour dates i'm like these guys are going to burn themselves out but it must be great because you've got all these brand new songs to show the fans yeah and they're when you look at them all together it seems worse <laughs> but <laughs> we have breaks built into it so uh, our headline tour is like three weeks and then it's a couple weeks off and then uh, three weeks so that helps a bunch just being able to take a breath check in with family and even just to refresh ourselves, um, it starts getting to like the end of the three week mark on tour, and most of us start checking out. It's just, you know, you just it gets too repetitive um, to really keep keep your heart in it as much. Um, I don't know. It just gets taxing and wears you down. So taking breaks is, I think, better for us, better for the fans in terms of I think we're gonna put on a better show. Aside from music, obviously you're very creative, you're a great songwriter. Does your brain want to do anything else? Are you are you a film fan or would you like to do directing or be a producer? Is Are you where you want to be or is there still stuff you want to kind of tick off your list? It's hard. There's only so much time. <laughs> so <laughs> and you're a dad. I have a bunch of other like, musical, musical ideas that I want to get to. I'm working. The next thing... Hopefully that I put out will be a project I'm working on with my brother. It'll be more, uh, I don't know, kind of indie pop something. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would call it, but um, very different than my solo stuff. It's right. Um, and then I've got you know, multiple other song ideas that don't really fit into any project I have right now. And I don't know when I'll ever have time to, to do them, but. The way my brain works, I'm always wanting to work on those instead of the thing I'm supposed to be working on at the time. Just (laughs) out of procrastination, I think. But yeah, so I've got musical stuff. I thought about writing a book or two at some point, but um, yeah, I don't know if that'll ever actually happen. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. You've just finished an album, you're touring. 
writing a book would be unbelievable, but obviously it's very time consuming. But what do you do when you're not playing music? I mean, obviously you're a father, you're a husband, but is there anything else you'd love to do creatively or is it just music? Is it a case of you'd love to do another solo album? You've got this indie album with your brother. So I take it, is, is it just music, music, music? I keep saying that I want to paint, but I feel like I never have time to do that. Um, I don't know. I need to just set up like a night a week. I need to buy some supplies. I haven't painted forever, but uh, my wife's been doing like watercolor and like lettering and stuff. So I feel like we could have a, a painting night, <laughs> but uh, I have not made that happen so far. I'm going to see, uh, see you now, like watching Bob Ross, like painting along. <laughs> I don't know what I, I just want to. I just there's something about the uh, the physicality of like actually painting. Uh, you know, I, I grew up doing a lot of like design on computer and stuff, and there's something gratifying to that too. And I, I think I'm probably most skilled in just composition as far as my artistic skills. I'm not a great drawer or anything, but yeah, just seeing the paint go on the canvas, uh, it's very immediate and very fresh feeling. I don't know, I think a lot. And then what about something like the route that Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor went, where he could then score and do soundtracks or stuff like Gone Girl and stuff? Is that something that... Because I can imagine you creating these pieces of music specifically for films. Is that something you'd love to try and have a good go at? I have thought about that a fair amount. Or we've talked about doing it as a band. I don't know exactly how we... I feel like it would be hard to do it as a band. It's such a seems like you'd have to make a bunch of like smaller decisions to make it work that would be hard to do with four people but yeah I don't know I feel like I or we could do that if we ever had time to do it um we always had a bunch of songs that I thought like would be great for you know movie trailers or in movies or uh and we just it never (laughs) never happened for us so I don't know why but um so maybe that's a sign that I should not get into the soundtrack business. And then with the music industry changing now, that bands are having to tour more. You know, if you think 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't all these streaming services, you could make a lot of money off selling records. Now it's all streaming and people, you have to go out there and tour. Have you got advice for bands that are trying to make a name for themselves? It's very different than when we started, but it's been changing the whole time too. So many more ways for people to hear your music now, which is awesome but it also feels very flooded, you know, um, so much music that's everywhere. Um, I think having a good live show is pretty helpful. Um, I mean, that's where you can set yourself apart in a certain sense. So, and it's also, you know, especially if you're a, a band, you know, multiple people playing instruments together, touring, I mean, there's no substitute for what that's going to do you're playing together and to your ability to write music um, just playing every night like that is is, is huge so uh, I don't know the touring is, is really helpful even though it's also kind of the only way to support yourself now um, I guess I'd say for you know young just kind of start up and I'd say take every opportunity you can to, to play live shows and do it well uh, it's going to make you better and it's going to make an impact with people my final question for you today is, obviously this is your 10th album, you've done 20 years, you seem to have this new, I've, I've followed you for years, but you seem to have this new love and hunger, like, would you say this is the best you've felt, being in Thrice personally? 
Are you absolutely buzzing with the new album? Are you loving the fact that you get to go on tour now? Are you at your kind of peak of happiness? It'd be hard to like weigh it against, you know, like young me <laughs> being, you know, fresh to to everything. Um, you know, there's something just magical about being out on the road in a van and scraping by. And it's super fun and crazy and. I don't know. I I wouldn't you know trade those times for anything, and I think it's very formative to have those times as a band and not just shoot you know to the top and start out on a bus and yeah, it makes you appreciate things. But yeah, like touring becomes uh, much more of a job over time, and uh, you know you start to notice more that what you're missing at home, and uh, yeah, it becomes you know. Uh, a mitigating factor to the fun of, of it. Um, but I think where we're at now, where I'm at now, mentally, is a really good spot for, you know, it's, it's not the useful exuberance, but it's uh, kind of eyes wide open seeing the beauty of what it is to be able to, to tour and share uh, music with people all over the world and, um, trying to do that in a way that allows me to not be away from my family for too long and certain time. It just feels balanced and healthy. So that's very exciting to me. Like, I, I feel refreshed. I don't feel uh, burnt out, which is definitely how I, I felt you know, near the end when we took the hiatus. So. It sounds amazing being on this end. I absolutely adore the album. I've been a fan for many years, and I do believe it's your best work. So I, I wish you all the luck with this tour with the album release and I just want to thank you for your time because it means a lot and uh, yeah it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today well thanks so much man um, yeah I'm excited you like it I'm excited for the people to hear it cool thanks so much man so there it is there's my interview with me and Dustin from Thrice and yes I'm absolutely thrilled that it's happened it took about a year to make happen because of different time scales and different stuff going on but eventually it happened and like everything in life If it's worth it and it's meant to be, it will happen in good time. I'm so thrilled that Dustin came on the show and I want to thank him and everyone around the band for making this happen. And I'm really, really excited for the next sort of few months because the album again is out next week. It's a phenomenal album and I urge you all to go out and invest in it because it's so, so good. And hopefully they'll be here in the UK touring next year. And if you're listening to this from across the pond, they're probably touring now. So do go out of your way to see them because the best thing about Thrice They're absolutely unbelievable live as well. They're not just great on record. They really are my favourite band and it's such a great, great experience to sit here and know that this has happened. So yeah, I hope you've all enjoyed it too. As always, I'll be back in two weeks' time. I'm not even going to tease you on this episode and say what genre it's from. I'm going to have a brand new guest and we're going to be talking all things related to that guest. So you nearly got a bit out of me, but you didn't. In the meantime, please go on markandme.com. On there, you can get access to my Podomatic page, my Spotify, the iTunes, my Facebook page, my Instagram and my Twitter. But also drop me an email. I love reading the comments on the new episodes. I love reading all the tweets and feedback comments. Please keep them coming because it just makes my absolute day. And if you do like the podcast and want more, I do have a Patreon page. You can sign up on there for about 60p a month. And on there you'll have an opportunity to win loads of prizes and also enter loads of competitions. So if you're a comper, jump on board, you might just win a brand new t-shirt or a Funko. As I said, I'll be back in two weeks time and I just want to thank you all for listening and all the support. 
and I'll speak to you all then. in your heart